You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Welcome to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Happy New Year's. We're recording this. What can I help you with? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a non-traditional pre-medical candidate. And as I'm traversing this, uh, this journey and, and working toward uh, kind of filling in those gaps from when I wasn't a pre-med in undergrad and then toward the end of undergrad, I uh, got involved in research and I realized that, hey, uh, I've been working alongside these doctors. I really like what they're doing. I think that might be something uh, I should do. Yep. Um, having prepped for it. And uh, my grades show that, so I need to <laughs> switch gears a bit. And I was already on another trajectory, so I went on with that. Uh, so when it comes down to it, right now it's um, like right now. I know that admissions committees drown every year with applications. Thousands so and thousands for, and thousands. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and so I mean, I, I think like a lot of them might start looking the same and and whatnot. Um, I, I'm, let me stop you there. That's always a big fear that students have is they don't mm-hmm. they don't want to look the same. And guess what? Everyone looks the same because everyone's going through the same process. Whether you're non-traditional or not, you're still going through the same, the same steps leading up to medical school. And so just kind of ignore that thought process because that thought process leads to the comparison, the competition, the what can I do to stand out, the what can I do to, to make myself unique. And really all you need to do is go, I am unique because I'm the only person out here that's lived my life and and done everything that I've done. And you just tell that story and that automatically makes you stand out. So kind of ignore the other, every application looks the same because they do, (laughs) they do at some point. So keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that that ties in exactly to what I was wondering uh, about that balance between highlighting that I might be older but I, I went through and I did all of the things that, uh, and not just because I'm checking off boxes, because I try not to think of it that way. The, these prerequisites I see are things that are needed for me to become the kind of person who I need to be to be a successful med student and eventual physician. Yeah. Uh, but like when I'm going through this process, where is that balance between highlighting how I did do all of those things that are expected of pre-meds? And highlighting my differences to yeah. come to differentiate me between everyone else. Like, is there a, a balance? No, there okay. there isn't a balance. There is tell your story. Tell the story. Okay. Tell, tell makes- your story. And so, in your personal statement, there's zero balance because it's all why do you want to be a physician? Right. And and there may be a little bit of deviation about kind of the path that you went down because you are so far down a different path as a non trad, but the far majority of your personal statement is why do you want to be a physician? And and maybe there's even a small tweak in there about why now, right? Because you are a non-traditional student. That's definitely going to be a question that a lot of schools will ask you as a non-trad. In your activity list, that's where you don't highlight, but that's where you put your resume, right? On, on AMCAS, you have 15 spots to put all of the activities that you've done. And again, as a non-trad, you probably have way more than that. And so you're going to have to pick and choose which things you want to write about, which ones you, you'll want to talk about in your interview. Uh, for a COMIS, for TMDSAS, if you apply to, to Texas schools, that's not an issue because they don't have a limit in number of activities that you can put in there. But for AMCAS, that 15 limit, um, that that 15 character limit is definitely there. 
The things that you will need to, and I, I hate to, to say it in that way because it, it looks like a checklist, is you will need to make sure that you have the clinical experience, the shadowing to highlight, if, in your words, those things that prove to yourself that you want to be a physician, the things that schools are going to want to see that you know what you're getting yourself into and it's not some romantic idea that you want to be a physician. So those things definitely need to be in your activity list. And then above and beyond that, tell your story. Have you done some interesting things from from the current path that you're on? Highlight those things. Definitely talk about those things. Yeah, so I'm I'm seeing now I I fell into that trap of... Everyone does. (laughs) um, How do I compare myself? But uh, and I've been, I only recently past uh, three or four weeks found your channel and been absorbing everything you've been saying. And (laughs) And even though I've been listening to it, I see I haven't directly applied it and mm. internalized it. It's uh, it doesn't matter what other people's story is. It's it's what yes. my story is. A thousand and, percent. Yeah. Wow. I messed up. <laughs> no, you didn't, because because you figured it out before you applied mm-hmm. and, and before you tried to sell yourself and highlight all of these things, because that's what non traditional students and even students who have potentially done some interesting things on their pre-med journey is in their personal statement, they're trying to highlight those things. And it it comes off super cliche. It comes off super salesy. And that distracts from the overall goal of the application, which is who are you and why do you want to be a physician? Too many students take the application to go, here's a little bit who I am and here's a lot about why I think I'm better than everyone else. Okay. And, and you'll lose that game every time. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, and a, another non-traditional uh, question. If, uh, if yeah. you have time to listen to this, yeah, let's go. It actually has to, I, I have kids, I have a wife. Um, we have a few kids so I'm uh, curious if, uh, if, I don't know, in your journeys through having uh, people on your med school class or people that you've worked with, how the subject was broached and how it was going through for people trying to have a, a living quarters that are big enough for a family on a medical school's student's salary and just put the the $29,000 a year, $28,000 a year you get for your student loans to put in your pocket afterward. Yeah, it, it varies. Uh, from, because you don't have an income. Yeah. And so the banks won't even look at you, so you have to rent. <laughs> anyway, yeah, and those are expensive. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to vary from school to school with how they deal with students in your situation. Um, typically, what happens is with federal student loans, the school sets the budget. And that annual budget for first year, first, second year, third year, fourth year, et cetera, that is based on housing expenses, uh, uh, travel, uh, obviously food expenses, school expenses, school tuition fees, all of that kind of stuff. All of that gets kind of put into a spreadsheet and goes, okay, this school requires $60,000. Obviously, for non-traditional students who have a family, those costs are going to be higher. Some schools may go, sorry, that's on you. Deal with it. Some schools will go, oh, definitely. We can adjust our budget for you so that you can take out more student loans to help offset that cost. And it's just going to depend on on the school and how flexible they are. 
would you suggest, um, I guess this kind of ties into another fear I've had. <laughs> um, I've been told by some people, and these aren't experts, so I don't know how much credence to give their advice. Hide, Hide the fact that you have kids. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know the questions before you ask them. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't think you should hide the fact that you have kids. I don't think you should kind of throw it in their face that you have kids. I think if it comes up naturally for a question, um, if, if your kids maybe are one of the reasons why you want to be a physician, maybe something happened with childbirth, something happened with uh, them growing up, whatever that may be. Again, I think you tell your story. So I don't think you hide it. Uh, but I don't think what a lot of people do, again, trying to do the I'm different angle is they will try to just throw it out there and go, well, as a, as a parent, I am well prepared to handle the stresses, blah, 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 blah. Right? You don't need to do that either. So if there is a secondary question, if there's something maybe from an activity standpoint that's going to give it away that you're a parent, so be it. And, and the schools that won't like it, aren't going to give you the time of day and that's okay. You don't want to end up at a school where they're not going to be flexible with you being a, a non-traditional student, a parent when it comes to your kids being ill and, and you needing to miss a test or, or missing a required lab or whatever that may be. The schools who are going to look at your application, see that you are a parent, give you the time of day and invite you for an interview, accept you. Those are hopefully going to be the ones that obviously understand already that you are a parent. They're perfectly fine with it because they, they understand what you bring to the class. And hopefully they're going to be flexible when things come up because life happens. Yeah. You know, everything that you say, it, it sounds like perfectly logical. And I just see that <laughs> I, I'm getting into my own head and uh, I, I shouldn't let my age or my, circumstances limit me because like you always say it's your story and and yeah that's <laughs> your story matters is the shirt that i'm wearing right now yeah <laughs> i didn't even notice that well yeah well i guess i'm gonna work on my car skills then that's <laughs> um yeah i i think it's very common for students to get in your own head because there's there's a lot of uncertainty around the medical school process, the admissions process, and everything in your life that you think is different, you either think it's going to help you or you think it's going to crush you. And so there's there's no happy medium to add logic into this and go, well, maybe it may hurt me at some schools and it may help me at other schools. Cool. That's great. I just need to do some research, maybe reach out to some schools, maybe go on to <clears throat> student doctor network and and ask around to see if uh if there are pre-med parents that are or medical school medical student parents at at institutions and they can give you kind of the lowdown on the support from the institutional level um that's that's definitely a project that i've been wanting to work on for a while we started it a while ago called called med school reviews to have that sort of feedback on a school to school basis on on that sort of support but uh that hasn't come into fruition maybe maybe 2021 will bring that all right well uh, anything uh, else no that i had that's plenty for me to, to chew on and and digest so i can uh put my best foot forward i mean i have some other things but i think that they i don't want to detract too much from 
and it might be just me thinking this. So, all right. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the opportunity to ask one of those because I guarantee you it's not just you thinking this. Okay. Um, well, it it does kind of go back to the the whole. Uh, I have a family, and I don't know what is best uh, when it comes to living arrangements. Uh, my state school only has uh, one medical school, um, and I think there's another one opening up in the next year, so that might change things. But uh, should I, for the sake of making, because right now I have a mortgage that I could still pay through medical school because of different circumstances, and it's a big enough house for all of us. Um, is it shooting myself in the foot by not diversifying my med school application portfolio by only applying to one medical school? Is, is that highly discouraged? So again, this is a super common. So I'm glad you asked this, right? Because it's super common for students to, in my mind, shoot themselves in the foot by limiting kind of artificially where you apply to medical school because of things like a mortgage and and having that house. If it's just a mortgage, sell the house, keep it and rent it, and apply to a broad number of schools. Getting into medical school is hard. And the institution that may be the closest to you, the one institution that maybe you can go to, may not be a good fit for you, whether because it's the school and it's not a good fit for you, or you are not a good fit for the school, meaning they don't want a non-trad parent. So it's, in my mind, not worth the, the stress of limiting yourself to one school if it's just a mortgage. If you have other things, right? Maybe the kids need healthcare at a specific hospital. Maybe your your spouse has a, a, a job and that's the only place in the world where she can work or he can work or whatever, right? And And there are other factors that play into needing that location, then sure. And I'll give you an example. I, I had a student a couple of years ago whose spouse worked in the movie industry. And so they needed to be in Southern California. And so the student was very limited to apply to the schools in and around Southern California within driving distance so that he could work his job in Hollywood and she could go off to medical school. And she, she had, and I kind of forced her to have these conversations, these tough conversations with her spouse to go, okay, if I don't get into medical school this cycle, I'm going to need to apply to a a broad amount of schools outside. And what is that going to look like? Am I going to move away and come back on weekends or how, what does that look like? I I had another student who was limited because of her spouse's job needing to to be in one specific area and she was only able to apply to two schools. Um, And so it happens. And yes, again, you have to, play kind of your life and your story and what works and the conversations that you have with your spouse and your children and everything else, uh, especially as a non-traditional student. But if you can apply to more than one school. Okay. So that's some very good advice. Thank you very much. You are welcome. Yeah. Because that that is one of the things I was thinking like, "Ah, I'm going to put all of this work into this application and then one school. Here you go. Here's all that. Here's all that work. <laughs> it's a lot of work just for one school. Yeah. yeah. It's very sound advice. Thank you very much. You and, are uh, welcome. 
might have been life-changing. Thank you. Hopefully. Well, well, good luck to you. Hopefully this helped you. And I know it'll help a lot of other students because they all have the same questions. They're all struggling with the same doubts and, and insecurities. So hopefully this will help a lot of you out there. Thank you so much, Dr. Green. Thank you for the whole channel, everything you do. It's been an invaluable resource. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. If you're a non-traditional student, check out Old Pre-Med's podcast at opmpodcast.com. 